Welcome to episode number 16 of the Truth in There podcast. Today, we are talking about the power of the pussy. I don't know why I said it like that, but that's what we're talking about. If you're into what we're doing here at the podcast, you want show notes and more information, head on over to truthanddaremovement.com. Welcome to Truth and Dare, a podcast dedicated to female empowerment through living our truth and daring to change. Hi, I'm Carly Talbot. And I'm Allie Van Fossen. Okay, tribe, today's conversation, you are totally in for it. I think you might have already realized that from Carly's introduction, but we are 100% jamming on the power of the pussy. Um, I just want to take credit. This was my idea. I'm not quite sure where it generated from, but I told Carly a few weekends ago that we just had to talk about the power of our pussies because I'm really into that idea. Yeah. And thank you for the idea, Allie. And also I would like to say as a side note, we did almost name our podcast, The Pussy Posse. (laughs) (laughs) It it really was in the brainstorm names if we go back. Um, However, both the men in our life really (laughs) – we're not hot on the pussy posse. And I think truth and dare is much better. Yeah, it is. And now we can be the pussy posse right now. Right now. We can, we can, yes, the pussy posse. Okay. But before we are the pussy posse, let's talk about what your current slug is and how thick your honey is for our slug in the honey moment. Slug in the honey. Okay. So my slug in the honey is definitely got to be serious neglect of my wonderful boyfriend. I've just been really busy and I've had a lot going on and poor Mike just keeps trying to do nice things to me for me. And to and me. to you. I imagine <laughs> to you too. And to me and for me. Um, and I just keep blowing them off or saying I already have plans or saying I don't have time to do them and saying we'll do it later or we'll do this at another time and just really not welcoming the love that he's trying to give me. And I, you know, it's shitty and I can obviously make more time for it. There's always time to go watch the sunset and enjoy your life with your partner And so, yeah, I'm just like in the honey of not being the best partner right now. Air, what about you? Where is your honey level and what is your slug? (laughs) Well, first, I just want to remind you that sooner than later, you will be on a boat with Mikey all the time and you won't be able to escape being a good partner. So there's that. <laughs> very good point. There's that. Very valid. Um, let's see. My slug is very similar. I, I'm i just straight up not having enough sex. And it's not for lack of Myers not wanting to. It's for lack of Allie not making time to. And we're actually going to get into that uh, in today's conversation. So just like you, I am not I'm not making space for it. And it's something that is really important in relationships, both for your partner and yourself. So my slug is my lack of sex and your slug is your lack of love. Way to drop a truth bomb right there. Clearly, we both are in similar honey right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the pussy posse segment or the power of the pussy. I'm just imagining us in these like superhero costumes with peas on our chest. Um, Halloween next year. <laughs> yeah. The pussy posse. If we each have a pea, we are the pussy posse. Oh my God. This is the best <laughs> idea ever. I'm dying. Okay. But real talk. So (laughs) why are we talking about the power of the pussy and how did this idea even come up and what does it even mean? And 
yeah, let's just get into it and start from the beginning. So why are we talking about the pussy? Well, we're talking about the pussy because we are on a journey of uncovering our own female empowerment and subsequently uncovering the empowerment of all the females that we are touching with this podcast. And it is truly the mission of the work that we are putting forth with Truth and Dare. And I think when you think about the power of the pussy, and I'm sorry if that word offends anybody, but I promise we're not here to use it in a derogatory way. We really want to use it in an empowering way, and we really want to change the sort of nasty connotation around the word and make it something more strong and empowering for for everybody listening. But it all goes back to finding ourselves and what was our journey to get to this place where we are with truth and dare, with wanting to share this message of female empowerment, wanting to own the pussy, own our femininity, um, and how we got to this point. So we know where we're at, but what was your story of getting there, Allie, and why do you feel like you want to talk about this today? Yeah, I think for me, many, many years, the power of my pussy was dictated by men. From a super young age, I was really concerned with how men viewed me. And let me just rewind because how boys viewed me. Like even in elementary school, I was concerned with how pretty or cute the boys thought I was. And um, it really was important to me and it continued and even and increased through middle school and high school and college. I wanted to be that girl. And however I would be that girl or could be that girl, I would do that. And there's definitely some very not proud moments I have. Um, we don't need to talk about them here. That will be from my memoir. But um, <laughs> um, there was a lot of years that I found my self-worth in how men viewed me. And whether that was viewed my outfit, viewed my body shape, viewed how well I was in bed, viewed how funny I could be. I mean, whatever it was, it was the power of my pussy was dictated by how men viewed me and also subsequently how other women viewed me. So how pretty my friends thought I was or how many like cool girl groups I could be in or if I was in the popular group. Um, and then going into sorority to college, it just kind of reaffirmed the whole thing you learn in middle school and high school of being in the cool girl group. Uh, thank God I got kicked out of my sorority. It was probably the best thing that ever happened. But um, yeah, that was kind of the earlier years. And I mean, I'm only 29. So really like 20 and under were many, many years of me giving all of my pussy power or letting it be dictated by other people and not defining it for myself and finding my own self-worth in the process. And um, I think I'll stop talking for now because I want to hear your side and then I'll go into kind of how that transition happened for me. Yeah. Well, I just feel like all I have to say to all of that is ditto mm. and period. <laughs> I went through the same thing. I went through the same exact thing. Obsessed with what boys thought of me, obsessed with what friends thought of me, obsessed about what cool group I was in, and all of that completely defined how I saw myself, where I got my power from, and the person that I thought that I was. So just ditto. Ditto and period. I like that. And I'm sure many of you listening right now are shaking your head in agreement because I could probably list off at least two handfuls of our girlfriends that would agree with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's unfortunate that that's how we grew up and it's no one's fault. I think it's very normal, but we're here to change that. And I would like to raise my daughter and my future, my future daughter and sons, you know, differently. Of course, I think everyone will fall into that trap, but man, I was obsessed with it. So, I don't think everyone's like that, but I definitely was. Yeah, I was pretty bad too, though. I mean, I didn't go into a sorority when I got into college, and I'm sure that exacerbated all the things that you were thinking and feeling in that respect. But 
it doesn't, I mean, it's still there even if you don't go that route. Whether you're, you know, smoking pot and being like a little hippie or you're in a sorority or you're both those things, <laughs> um, it still comes up. I think it, I, I don't think I really battled that until over, I don't know, maybe like 25. I really, there was a change at 25 um, for me. Yeah. And maybe, yeah. So maybe we go into that now. I think that it's a lot of women, like Ali said, which are probably shaking their head and can relate to that feeling. Some women can't and, um, that's okay too, but we are all, a lot of us get our power from external sources for a lot of our youth. And like Ali said, again, that's really, really normal. And I went through that too. And I went through being, having everybody else define me and me never defining myself. And it wasn't until I got back from my European trip about five, four years ago, which I have touched on on the podcast before, but um, if there are new listeners, I took a trip after college. Ali was there for most of it and in the midst of tons of drinking and partying and being unhealthy and making not the best decisions, but also having a really good time, I came home to a really new reality where I was ending a long-term relationship. I was really upset with how I looked physically. I was upset with where I, I moved back in with my parents and I was facing some serious demons. And it wasn't until those moments of darkness that I hit a bottom for myself and I started to pull myself out of the darkness. I did that through spirituality and self-help and, and self-growth and self-love. Um, and through those techniques and through those practices, I started to own my power. But I will say that the single most important thing that happened during that time and the reason I became – the reason things changed, the transition point was learning to honor and accept my greatness even in the dark moments. So instead of hating myself during the hard times – I loved myself through it. And what I mean by that was I didn't – I stopped loving the person that I wanted to become and hating the person that I was. And instead, I started loving the person that I was and I stopped focusing on the person that I was going to become. Hmm. That's another like mic drop moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a big one. Yeah. It's – profound and sort of like you, but not like you. I didn't have a super dark moment of any kind that I can remember. I simply remember starting to practice yoga and it slowly chipping away at my ego and chipping away at this shell that I had externally created to find my power and seek my happiness and enjoyment from others. And slowly but surely it started lighting and stoking this fire inside. And by the time I got to yoga teacher training and had signed up and was attending the different weekend workshops, the fire was totally aflame. And I think even in my yoga teacher training, I was still definitely seeking external um, power and who and let's be real like who isn't always seeking external pussy power i mean i don't think it will ever go away 100% and i don't think it needs to go away but learning about you know self care and ritual based um practices and really the traditions behind yoga and how it's not about this power vinyasa sweat it out wear the cutest leggings do the hardest pose um culture. Like that's what we see in the West. But I think there's definitely a trend of it kind of coming back to its roots of Eastern traditions and really tapping into the body-mind-soul connection of it. And that process of tapping into that body-mind-soul connection is how I started to ignite the power from within and seek 
um, seek and experience it for myself and not have to rely on other people anymore. And man, I think once you get a taste of it, it's intoxicating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like to call it life in HD. Ooh. Where'd you get that from? Um, it just, it, I just got it. I made it up. Hmm. That's my thing. I like Like it. years ago when I first started uncovering spirituality, I was like, wow, it's like everything was normal cable and now it's like like HD cable. You're totally right. You are totally right. And it feels so overwhelmingly exhilarating to know that you can tap into your own power from within once you learn a few tools. I mean, really, it only takes so many tools to get the to get the fire lit. And then it's about fanning the flames. So I think also for Carly and I, actually, I don't think I know, we immediately were drawn to specific people that kept fanning our flames. And um, these people have changed, you know, throughout the years as we continue to evolve. I think you are more drawn to people that are continuing to light up your fire. And that's the coolest part about this journey is you continue to explore and discover new people and styles and information that will, you know, continue to power up your pussy. But uh, for me, I think one of the first people was Liz Gilbert that wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Even when I read her book back at 22, I remember immediately breaking up with Myers on a trip in New York City for our anniversary and telling him I had to be on my own for like two months. And he thought I was absolutely nuts. But I was so inspired by her just like leaving and doing her own thing and being this epic feminine goddess. And I think it just snowballed from there. Yeah, there's so many women writers and authors and speakers that inspire Ali and I. And like Ali said, as our journeys of learning to own our power have unfolded, of course, we're drawn to different people at different times. One person that I'm really digging right now is Glennon Doyle Melton. Mm-hmm. Her book, Love Warrior, really shook me in a way that a book hasn't done in a really, really long time. Her book and like everything about her, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then and then uh-huh. I just dove in. Totally. We're upset. We're like, we are obsessed. Yeah, we're obsessed. Um. And then in addition to her, Carly and I are also falling head over heels for Danielle Laporte. Um, every word that comes out of that woman's mouth, I'm I'm like hanging from it. And I want to reread every sentence a hundred times, even though her sentences are so short and concise. They are so powerful. She's like, to me right now, she's the ultimate pussy power. Yeah. Ali and I are working through her book, The Desire Map. We're both working through it. And we will definitely give you guys our uh, playback of that experience once we finish up. But oh, it's intense and it is amazing. So I think, yeah, we've had these incredible teachers and outside sources of inspiration that have helped to sort of guide us into our power as well as our personal stories of what got us to this point. But I can't move any more forward in this conversation until I talk about what happened recently in our political climate that had a profound impact on me honoring my the power of my pussy, the power of all my sisters out there, and everything that is transcribed over the last few months. Um, I have probably mentioned before, or if you don't know on the podcast, that I am a huge news junkie. I pride, you know, I think it's important to know what's going on in the world. And I have a lot of interest in politics. And so, you know, like a lot of people were, I was really upset by the outcome of the election. I wasn't sure if I wanted to bring this up on the podcast and nor do I want to make truth and dare a place for politics, but it's a part of me and it's a part of what matters to me and and what matters to Ali too. And so I think because of that, we are speaking our truth on this topic. And after the, after the election results, just like so many women in the country, I felt devastated 
And I felt really scared for a few reasons because for the first time in my life, I was looking at a country or a person or a leader of this country who showed a total lack of concern for sexual assault against women. We were in all of a sudden this culture that sort of glamorized rape, that normalized rape, that glorified the mistreatment and misuse of women. Um, We had this really extremely huge culture of sexism that sort of started to develop these crazy beliefs that a wife, a beautiful wife is all you need to help you win public opinions, um, valuing women based off their appearances. It promoted a culture of bullying, bullying the disabled, bullying the oppressed, bullying any women or any people who didn't agree with this person's point of view. And so all of those things, really seeing those things for the first time and really feeling them and feeling really vulnerable and scared and um, uncomfortable, that lit me up. That lit up the power. And I have been tapping into that ever since November. Which I think is a good thing. I think many women have been lit up by what's unfolded in our country. And, you know, there's a silver lining to everything. I think me and you both know we wish he wasn't our leader and that the people that surround him and support him, we are also really unhappy that they're the infrastructure of our country right now. However, there's this uprising of sisterhood and womanhood and, you know, reclaiming the power of our pussy in a way that is really monumental. Um, I mean, the Women's March, just in general, the amount of energy that came out of that conjoining of sisterhood was like never before. Amen to that. There is a silver lining behind it all. I truly do believe things are happening for a reason in every realm of our lives. And um, this is just another thing that that we are living through right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where, so that's the backstory of Carly and I's experience with how we, you know, used to validate our pussy and find her self worth and what has led us into this new way of thinking and being inspired and who continues to inspire us. And I know, Carly, we talked about like the women that are authors that really inspire us, but you know, you're very well read in the political world. Who's inspiring you in that realm? Um, I got a shout out to my girl, Hillary Clinton. I know she wasn't the most well-liked candidate, but, you know, we have to give props where props are due. She's the first woman to ever receive a major nomination to run for president. And like, my God, whether you're right or left, can we all disagree that we need to get men out of the office and get some ladies in charge? So shout out to her. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren um, from Massachusetts, who is a huge champion for women's rights, um, constantly advocating on our behalf and killing it in in the Senate. I think Cecile Richards, who is the head of Planned Parenthood, is a really huge influence on me, someone who's really fighting out there for the social issues that I truly believe in. And um, I have to shout out the girls of The Skim. Allie and I are both readers of The Skim. If you guys don't read The Skim, it is a news source um, emailed to you every day that skims all the latest news in a way that's really fun and really readable and really catered towards the millennial generation. And that was started by two young women. I think they're our age, Allie. And um, it's really badass to see women in the political and social sphere that are killing it. So off the top of my head, those are some of the people that I think are pretty epic. Yeah. And of course, as always, we will link to every single person we are mentioning in our show notes, which you can find at truthanddaremovement.com. So 
The next thing we want to really tackle for all of our listeners, because this should be the obvious next question, is how do we own our womanhood? How do we power up our pussies? Like, great. So we had this relevatory moment. We had this experience, this transitional moment. But now how do we actually do the work to own our womanhood? And I really, truly believe, and Carly does too, that the first step is sisterhood. We have to stop bashing one another and comparing one another and contrasting with one another and gossiping about one another and really coming together as a tribe of women. You know, like think about Native American women. I just think about them sitting around in their epic teepees with their dream catchers hanging and singing and dancing and sewing and creating and being this tribe of women throughout the time of history. Women have always come together. And I think just as of recently, maybe not, I don't know, Carl, you can maybe correct me. You're more of the news junkie. We've really kind of segregated from one another and polarized one another and we're no longer a tribe. And I think there's leaders out there like Carly and I just mentioned and ourselves that are doing the work to reignite our sisterhood. Mm-hmm. No, you're totally right. We are at a really, really dividing time in the country with our friends, with our neighbors, and with the people around us. I do firmly believe that there is more um, that brings us together than separates us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's we cannot ignore the fact that there are serious fundamental differences. However, This is about the power of the pussy. This is about bringing back the sisterhood and owning the sisterhood. And in order to do that, and I talk to Ali about this all the time, not in this context, but we have to meet other women where they are on their own personal journeys. And this can be very hard. Trust me, I struggle with it because I... I'm very rooted in what I believe in, but so are a lot of people. And in order to break down that fence, we have to see and honor where somebody else is, especially our fellow women, and say, hello, I see you. I see where you're at. I respect where you're at. And now let's come together. Sisterhood is as much about coming together as women as it is about stopping the brutality and the anger that occurs when women bring each other down. It's exactly what Ali was just saying. So in order to heal this divide, or shall we say, heal the power of the pussy, (laughs) um, we need to do that not by bitching and falling victim to the stereotypes that we are plagued with as women, which I think is that we are bitchy and that we are dramatic and that we have clicks. So instead of falling victim to these stereotypes, um, that people are placing on us, we need to mend the pussy by voicing our opinions, by finding our sisters, but most importantly, by having the patience for other women who are just trying to do their best to find their way home or to find their way to their truth. I love that. And you're so right. And it is one of the most challenging things to do, especially once you have started on your own personal journey of living your truth and daring to change. It can be really difficult to take 20 steps back and meet someone at the beginning of the journey and frustrating, um, all those, all those words. And, but it's important. And it's the only way that we can strengthen our sisterhood because it's easy to connect with someone who's on your level. It's natural. You're going with the flow of one another. It's not easy to connect with someone who's either further ahead of you or way back behind you. And we're all over the place and that's normal. You know, um, I think we touched on how, the power of our pussy is dictated by external forces in our teenage years and our young adult years. But I think there's also a huge group of women who are in their adult years, 40s, 50s, and 60s, and are just now opening up the book to do the work. And so they've been in that moment of external power of the pussy their whole lives. And now they're just tapping into it. So I think you can be 
29, 28, like Carly and I, and then you can be 49 and 59 and we're both at the same point in our lives. Or maybe we're like drastically different, but we still have to find a way to connect and mend um, the separation. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. girlfriend. Mm -hmm. So having, leaning on sisterhood and mending the sisterhood is something that is essential to coming into our womanhood, honoring our power, and really lifting each other up as women. Another way to do this, Ali and I believe, is to show up for yourself and for who you are. This whole journey we're on of living our truth and daring to change always seems to come back to this place of honoring where you're at and loving where you're at and owning where you're at. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of ways that we can do this in re- in specific regards to the power of the pussy here. I think the first thing that we should touch on, Allie, is how we dress and how we choose to express ourselves as women. This is confusing <laughs> because <laughs> – Here's the thing, right? If you wear certain clothes and you wear more revealing outfits and you're walking around in booty shorts and crop tops, then you're perceived as a slut and like you're asking for it. If you're totally covered up and you're very conservative and you don't feel comfortable doing that, then you're like a lame duck and like nobody wants to hang out with you (laughs) and like you're just, you know, the pussy's locked up. Mm. Or if you have a more curvy body type and you want to own that and expose that, um, people feel like you should be covering that up and you should only show your body if you're thin or say you're real thin and it's not easy for you, you know, easy for you to gain weight and you're showing off your body. Well, people think you're too skinny and you shouldn't be doing that. I could go on and on and on with this. People love to dictate, um, how what we wear correlates to our femininity and the power of our womanhood. However, Ali and I are here to say today, right now, fuck all of that shit. We have the power to wear whatever we want, however we want to wear it. I mean, I think we should be able to go topless just as much as guys are allowed to go topless. Maybe that's a little (laughs) far-fetched, but (laughs) my nipples would be so hard all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. But I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say, right? I totally know what you're trying to say. I really dislike wearing a bra. And so majority of the time, I am not wearing a bra. And I happen to have really small breasts, so that's in my favor, but I do happen to have really hard nipples all the time. So yeah, like I'll go to the grocery store and I won't wear a bra and I shouldn't have to wear a bra if I don't want to. Now, granted, I'm not wearing like a see-through white shirt, but still the looks that both men and women give me because I don't have a bra on are not valid and they really should just mind their own business. <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, I'm going to dress how I want to dress in the most comfortable way that fuels myself, that powers up my pussy. Mm-hmm. And if that means not wearing a bra, then that's what it means. Or if it means wearing jean shorts and a crop top, which me and you both love to do, that's what it means. Or in the corporate environment, if you don't want to wear a pencil skirt and some really like stuffy outfit, which, hey, I'm not knocking it. I love a good pencil skirt. But if you're more of like a maxi dress, free flowing person, you shouldn't be judged for not being professional enough or done up enough because you don't like to wear that style of clothing. So I think picking and choosing how we dress is key to owning our womanhood and not letting other people dictate how we feel in the articles of clothing that we choose. And What that goes back to though is knowing that people are going to judge you and they are going to throw shade and that's okay. That's where they're at in their journey. It's that whole idea of what Carly said, meeting people where they are. So if a woman feels like she needs to give you a super dirty look because you don't have a bra on and stare you up and down, I find that the best way to combat those moments is to put the biggest smile on your face and smile at that woman and in like a very kind hello smile and keep going. And that's it. Yep. Totally right. Meet people where they are. 
kill them with kindness and hopefully break this cycle of drama and comparison, separation and comparison between women. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think another way that we can own our womanhood and honor our power is to learn to speak up for ourselves. We touched on this a little bit in um, our last episode about finding your voice, more so in a creative sense. However, finding your voice can also lend itself perfectly to owning your power and owning your womanhood. I think it is a consensus about women that we are multitaskers. We like to do a lot. We like to do it all. We're thinking of a million things at once. We're making lists. We're checking off lists all the fucking time. So it's really can be hard sometimes to ask people for help, to break down and say, I need a little bit of support here in all of the shit that I am doing. Mm -hmm. I think that it can also be a little bit shameful and a little bit embarrassing for us to admit that maybe we can't do it all, all the time. And part of not only owning our womanhood, but I think part of raising the vibration of the collective sisterhood of women is for more of us to drop down and just be fucking human and say, sometimes we need help and we can't do it by ourselves. And the more of us that open up about the feelings of inadequacy and the feelings of vulnerability, the easier it's going to be for subsequent women to then open up and, and address those feelings that they may be having too. Yeah. I mean, you just said that so incredibly well. Um, I think women think they have to wear this badge of honor that you have it together all the time in every moment, in every second. And that is so ludicrous. How can one human being have everything together all at one time? I think about my husband and he drives me crazy with how much shit he forgets and or how much shit he just doesn't pay attention to. And it totally doesn't bother him. I'm actually envious that men can do that so well. You know, our minds are just going crazy with all the things we want to get done in life. And while I think that's really epic and that's what sets women apart from men, it's also a nightmare at times. Um, you know, you want to take care of your health, but you have to get a load of laundry in. Yet you need to take your child here and you need to run this errand there. And then you also need to be loving and sexual towards your partner. And I mean, the list, like Carly says, goes on and on. You check one thing off, you add one more thing. And at a certain point, you've got to just face the fact that you will not, we are not, we are, I mean, we are super women. And I do really want to be in that, that costume that I talked about with you, Carly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We're doing it. But I don't think that this characteristic of this, you know, person, the pussy posse, um, I don't think one of their characteristics is having it all together all the damn time because that is an operation. That's a, that's a setup for failure and not the kind of good failure that we talk about, like the bad kind where you burn out and you're left completely empty and unsatisfied and feeling like there's no one there to support you. And that is the last place we would ever want any of our sisters to be. Amen. Mm -hmm. Definitely true. Um, I think another thing that we as women and the Pussy Posse here can do (laughs) to own our superhero powers with our pink capes can be to normalize body talk. Just as we want to normalize how we dress and, um, you know, what we put on our bodies, we should normalize how we talk about our bodies, what's going on with our bodies. And yeah, I mean, straight up, I'm just going to cut right to it. I have so many friends who still won't poop in front of their boyfriend or husband of like multiple years. On top of that, they won't even discuss the fact that they have to use the bathroom in that way, nor will they ever fart in front of this person nor will they ever talk about any like abdominal discomfort they may be having. And like, listen, yeah, poop is gross. I mean, duh. It's not like we're saying go 
tromp around talking about how we're all shitting, but it's true. Hello, we're human beings. It's a part of our body. And I think that owning ourselves and being a part of womanhood is saying, listen, I'm a human being. These are the things I do. This is a part of my body. I mean, growing up, especially when I was younger in my early 20s, I remember being around guys and guys I was trying to impress. And all these guys would always say, girls don't poop. Like that never happens. Girls don't fart. Girls don't poop. And so when you're, when that's embedded in you, you're like, oh, well, I can't do that because that's not attractive. Mm -hmm. And like, that is the craziest effing thing I have ever heard. And I'm not just saying like owning your pussy is about owning the fact that you poop, but it's these little things, you guys. It's these tiny little things that are programmed in us to make us believe that we have to act a certain way and to not just own who we are as human beings. Like who the hell made that up that women don't poop or fart? Who, where is that person? Crazy. What the hell? First of all, I love pooping and I love talking about it. I mean, I'm not talking about, yeah. Carly and I are super open about our poop. And actually, all of our friends, I would say women in general, most of them are really open about poop. Like most of my roommates, I always pooped with the door open because I had such a fear of missing out on any conversation that like I had to have the door open to make sure I knew everything that was going on in the household. And it actually, right. (laughs) I was like that. And actually growing up, I was like that too. My mom would always say, close the door, your father, like that is that there we go right there in that conversation. I had two sisters and a mom, so it was okay to have the door open with the women in the house, but my mom always told me to close the door because of my father. What the hell? He poops too. Why do I have to close the door? So um, that there we go. That was an embedded moment. Luckily, it didn't really tarnish off on me because I've really owned my poop, but um, you know, we're not saying that you need to be shitting with the door open. What we are saying is that if you need to go use the restroom, because God forbid you have to actually allow something to exit out of your body, just own it. You don't need to hold it in or make yourself sick with worry over having to go number two. That's absolutely crazy. Um, And on the topic of, you know, pussies and poop, let's also just talk about periods. Oh, that's the three P's right there. Oh, yeah. Pussy, poop, and periods. Um, I freaking love talking about my period because, I mean, I've had one since I was in seventh grade, and I've had it weekly since I was in seventh grade. So I'm really close with this thing that happens to me all the time. And Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then to act like it doesn't happen and like cover it up and like only talk about it really secretly or quietly is so dumb, just dumb. I have to use like a dumb vocabulary word right here, which is dumb. I really don't get it. Even in my corporate office, if someone asked me, you know, are you not feeling well? I'd say, yeah, I'm not really. I just got my period and my cramps are really intense. And people would cringe that I said the word period. And that would set me off almost to a point where then I was on a vendetta to freak them out. And I would start talking about like, yeah, it's like really heavy bleeding right now. And I would just go into a tornado spin of almost trying to make people uncomfortable on purpose to just break the mold of talking about blood. I don't get it. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Listen, we're all bleeding every month for most of our adult lives, teenage and adult lives. So And this is, again, one of those things where we're taught to sort of whisper about or like hide your tampon wrappers or like hide the box of pads that you don't want somebody to see because God forbid you be a human being. So, Or lug your purse from your desk to the bathroom. Yeah, what is that? God forbid someone see you holding a tampon in your hand. Like it's so socially unacceptable. Yeah. It's not like you're carrying a condom to the bathroom to get a quickie in at work. Like that would be a little. And if you were, good for you. (laughs) But real talk, I would just, I just carry my tampon in my hand. What? Hell yeah. What's the big deal? So I think we just really want to encourage all of you to own your womanhood in every single way how you dress, how you speak, how you ask for help, 
how you address your bodily functions and your monthly relationship with your body and what goes on in it and own it and respect it and talk about it in a very intelligent conversational way and not in this secretive we can't speak about it manner because it's not doing any justice for the power of the pussy. Amen again. <laughs> um, while we're on the topic of bodies and thinking back to the beginning of the episode when Ali and I mentioned our slug in the honey moments, we would be crazy to not talk about sex and owning the power of our pussies. I will give a little asterisk here and say um, coming up, we will be doing a full episode on our feelings and relationship to sex and our sexual experiences. Trust us, this is a deep topic. However, it's important to just do a little tiny tidbit on it now. Being a woman, I think that a lot of times we – feel that it isn't our place to receive pleasure. It is our place to give pleasure. As Glennon says in Love Warrior, sex is something that happens to us. It is not something that we are a part of. And unfortunately, I I know that this is a very normal thing in the culture of women. I think that I know hundreds of girls who fake orgasms all the time. And listen, I've done it. I think almost – I will say every single girl that I know has done it. I'm just going to say that. Um, There are just different reasons for doing different things. Obviously, sometimes that's just what you need to do. However, I think if you unpack it and you think about where does that come from – I think it comes from a place of not allowing ourselves to receive pleasure, of wanting to portray a certain type of image when we're making love or we're in the bedroom with somebody coming off as a certain way, more worried about what our partner thinks and feels about us than how we actually feel in the act of the sex. Um. Like I said, this is a heavy fucking topic, but I just have to touch on it because a huge part of honoring our power and especially the pussy power is about opening up to having good sex, talking about good sex, and just knowing that you are worthy of receiving pleasure as much as you are as giving pleasure. Yes, yes, yes. And if you don't have a partner, get a really good shower head. It really works great. <laughs> so, so true. Good advice. Right? I mean, I know I like the shower head. I think you do too. Yeah. Um, the shower head is a good way to go. It's a good way to go. But I mean, like Carly said, we're actually going to read an entire book before we do the sex episode because we really want to feel prepared to present it in the best way possible. So it will, it will be coming up, but we really want to do our homework first. And of course, we'll be sharing our own personal experiences, but we want to also back it up with uh, some great information and knowledge that's already out there uh, to really articulate the conversation and message. That is the truth. It will be coming. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. So the last step, all right, just to recap, we've talked about, you know, coming into this moment of finding yourself and where that transitional period is, and then owning your womanhood, really stepping up to the plate through sisterhood, through connection, through breaking down barriers, and then showing up for yourself in all the ways that we just touched on. But, you know, there's still a last part of the puzzle, and that's continuing to do the work. And we think continuing to do the work manifests in the form of self-care. Really what I do online and what Carly and I both are doing here is all about offering up new ways for you to care about yourself and to work on yourself. And that manifests in so many different forms. It could be moving your body, running, going to yoga. It can mean eating healthy food. It can mean going to a goddess ritual moon circle. It can mean, you know, going out to dinner with a friend and having a really authentic conversation. But really it's about 
doing that self-work, doing that self-study to work through your darkness, like Carly mentioned in the beginning and her moment of transition, facing, you know, the ego, the demons, the things that have been embedded into us, like we can't talk about period and poops and um, or poop and periods um, and learning to really love your body and all the different wrinkles and different parts of your body that make it the beautiful being that it is. There's only one of your body. And so learning how to love it so well is really part of this self-care discovery and continuing to just do all the things we said above, connecting with your sisters, communicating what you need throughout your life and owning who you are. That is really what self-care is and how you can really tap into the power of the pussy. That was beautifully Mm. said, my friend. Uh, Okay. To wrap this up, we were definitely on a rant, but we just had to get it off of our chests. This episode is about honoring and claiming your power and our power as women, no matter where you are in life. If you are listening to this and you're like thinking that you're in a place where you know you have some work to do, then love your power through the work and through the transition. Alternatively, if you are in a place where you already feel like you're freaking owning it and you're like part of the pussy posse, then good for you. Continue to shine your light. And now it is your responsibility to bring your fellow sisters into that light with you to continue to raise the vibration of the sisters around us. Um, living our truth and daring to change, it happens on a continuum. Sometimes we're going to be up and then undoubtedly, sometimes we're going to be down, but that doesn't matter. What matters is that we own our power. We own our pussies. We own our worth through every single twist, through every single turn. And that is the life that we are striving to live here at Truth and Dare. Again, so well said. I think this entire conversation has lifted my vibration. There's been moments I've had goosebumps and moments of light bulbs going off. And I feel blessed that me and you can have this conversation so authentically, openly, and with a whole lot of love. So for everyone listening, I hope you feel that too coming through whatever device you're listening on. Um, We're here to connect with you. We're here to raise that vibration and we're here to continue having the hard conversations. So remember, if you're loving the conversation, if this is helping you live your truth and dare to change, please subscribe, give us a review, give us all the words on iTunes. You can join up for our online community or sign up for our online community at truthanddaremovement.com and connect with us on Instagram at truthmovement. So thank you so much for your time. We will catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you.